I don't know about you, uh, but when I hear the word or the phrase really, the fear of the Lord, I really got to take a pause. I'm starting to process in my mind, you know, I'm going, wait, wait in my heart. And I, I just kind of say, wait a minute, what? that seems so vague to me. It seems so high up in the sky. It, it, it seems so spiritual and it seems so Old Testament-ish, if I said that right, that I, that I got to pause and say, wait, what, what, what is this? And it's important for us today to bring that down to earth. To bring it down to a place where we can put the arms of our minds around this phrase because as we've learned, this is the key application to the book of Ecclesiastes. Turn in your Bibles to chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes that we're studying. I see some of you fanning. Uh, By the way, we're having a little bit of struggle with our air conditioning this morning. Dave is trying to keep an eye on that and do the best he can, but... uh, Unfortunately, this morning when our air conditioning was on, the temperature was actually going up, and that's not a good sign. (laughs) But uh, we're trying to do everything we can, so bear with us. Thank you for your patience, and keep fanning yourself. (laughs) Matter of fact, I'm going to take out my handkerchief now because I know there. I don't have any hair to catch the stuff. You know, (laughs) I will need that. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. We've heard this one over and over again. We see this is the key application to the book of Ecclesiastes. The conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments. Because, why? And I'm going to read it literally out of the Hebrew what it says, because this is the whole of man. I'm going to give you a little trick, by the way, here. Uh, How many of you use the U Bible on your phone? I think a lot of you have that. You know that. There's a thing called the Young's is one of the Bible options you have on there. It's a literal translation of the Hebrew and Greek. And so when Pat sounds like, wow, he must be a Hebrew scholar, he's not. He just knows how to use the tools. (laughs) And I want to point you, you want to add that to your, so when you compare the verses, you can look at Young's literal translation, and you'll see the literal translation from the Hebrew or the Greek into English. And as he does it there, and as the Hebrew says, this is the whole of man. This is what makes man whole. This is the essence of what we were created for. This is our sweet spot in life when we fear God and keep his commandments. And then we learned earlier in um, just a couple weeks ago when we looked at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Turn to that for a few moments. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 14. Now if you remember in that message... We talked about how the fact that God has an appointed time for everything. He's in control of everything. He's written it on the heavenly calendar before it ever has taken place here on earth. And we see that God is working out an eternal, big, beautiful plan that we don't have the ability to understand because our finite mind can't comprehend the infinite plan that God is working out from the beginning to the end, from the beginning, that's eternity past, to the end, eternity future. But he says this in verse 14 as he summarizes that section. 
I know that everything God does will remain forever. There is nothing to add to it. There is nothing to take from it. For God has work that men should fear him. Not only is it the conclusion to the book of Ecclesiastes, everything God is doing in his big, beautiful plan is really coming to the place where he is trying to teach man how to fear God. You don't have to turn to this. We'll look at it later on. But Proverbs 9, verse 10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to be wise? You know what wise is? Wise means skill. It's the skill of living life well. That's what wisdom is. If you want to be wise, the place to begin, it's the starting point. You know, I think of a race. You go into this big stadium and we watch and they have the starting lines where each of the runners get to. If you want to win the race, you got to start at the starting line when the whistle is blown. Well, the starting line of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And if you want to become a wise person, you got to get out of the stands and whatever else you're doing, you got to get on the starting line, and that's the fear of the Lord. So this morning, we want to bring the fear of the Lord down to earth so it can be a way that we understand it and actually value from it. Now, for many of us, we've always felt the fear of the Lord is kind of like an Old Testament concept. I thought that was replaced by the love of God in the New Testament. Well, let's, let's test that and see if that's true. We love Acts 2, 42. We did a whole series on it recently, Josh, Mike, and myself. We love the fact in the early church that the people of God devoted themselves to three vital relationships. A relationship with the person of God, a relationship with the Word of God, and a relationship with the people of God. We learned that, we've seen that, we love that. Well, you know what the very next words are that was produced in these people who lived that way? Look at what Acts 2.43 says. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Now, that's a response to what happened in verse 3. It doesn't say because of the many signs and wonders that the apostles did, but it also says another thing that was happening is the apostles were performing many miracles. The word awe here is the word fear. And, uh, you know, you, you, again, look it up in Young's. You'll see the very thing. It, it interprets it this way. Everyone kept feeling a sense of fear. We didn't think about that. Whoa, wait a minute. This produced in them fear? Fear of the Lord? Look at Acts, or we'll put it up here, but in Acts chapter, what was it? 9 verse 31, if you know the book of Acts, there's reports throughout as they talk about how the church was growing as they brought the gospel to different parts of the world. And look at the way they summarize this report in Acts 9 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord. The early church, as it grew, one of the characteristics of the early church was is that they had a fear of God. The exact same Greek word here that's used in Acts 2.43. The word awe means fear. 
which also gives us a tip, guess what? The word fear means awe. <laughs> Get a little insight into how that works. And so the, it kept on going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the church continued to increase. Don't you love it here? You know, some of us kind of think the fear of the Lord's Old Testament and legalistic. Here it says the fear of the Lord was the characteristic of the early church that was also being filled with the Holy Spirit of God side by side. One more verse, 1 Peter 1, verse 17. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Guess what, believers? Our entire walk is to be one that is characterized by the fear of the Lord as we're here on earth. So this isn't just an Old Testament concept that we don't relate to today. It's really true of the church and should be true of every believer. And today we want to bring this down and understand it enough so that we can say, get, hopefully get some personal benefit out of that idea. So let me try to identify or to define the fear of the Lord. First of all, we need to realize that fear is a response to something. Kids, think about it. You're watching a movie and out of no place that scary monster shows up and what happens? You go, whoa! Fear is the response. Fear is a response to something. You know, you're home alone and all of a sudden, you're, you're, you know, it's nighttime and you got all the lights off in the bed and it sounds like somebody just walked in the door. Your heart responds with fear. Fear is a response to something. So we need to understand that the fear of the Lord is a response to God. There's two aspects to the word fear. One is the fact of being afraid. You know, that, that idea of terror and dread. The other one is respect. That's the, that's the profound reverence and awe, as we saw in that word. There, there, there's, there's that going on. And often there's a mixture of the two that's involved. There's a sense of this carefulness that comes out of fear, and yet there's a respect that's taking place in awe and a reverence. The best way I can illustrate is an experience I had uh, when I was the custodian here at Moraine many years ago. Next to the gym is a room. Now we keep a lot of our equipment in. We call it the equipment room, but that used to be the electrical room. And on the whole wall were all these circuits and these things you pull down. And I don't, you know, I'm not an electrician. I don't understand how all that works. All I know is we had a whole wall of these things. And one perfect illustration to you, the air conditioning was broken down. Good timing. And so we had the air conditioning guy out, who's not an electrician, but he came in and, you know, he probably works normally at places that have a switching truck. Well, he walked in this room with all these switches and he didn't know which one to pull. And so I said to him, I said, hey, you know what? We got an electrician. He gave me his phone number. I can call him. I can ask. He says, no, 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 I can handle this. He says, I got it. The next thing I know, man, is he pulled a switch. I think it was one of these things that goes down like this. It was more than a switch like that. And all I can tell you is there was a flash of light that filled the whole room, and there was this gigantic boom. 
And I'll tell you what, guys, I'm not joking. I didn't know if I was dead or alive. I thought, this is what it's like to die. And I was waiting for a second here to say, you know, am I alive or not? It just this, the whole room was full of this big white flash and this gigantic boom. And, and, I, and all of a sudden, I recognized, no, I'm still alive. And I, then I said to the guy, do you want me to call the electrician? He said, yes. Maybe there's a lesson in there that's a whole nother sermon for us. But uh, the point is, is this, I'm not afraid and I don't go running every time I'm around electricity. But I tell you what, I got a deep respect for electricity because I know how powerful it is and what it can do. I didn't understand that before that day. But afterwards, I walk very carefully when I'm dealing with electricity. I have a carefulness and a respect for the power that it carries. You know what? That's what it, we need to do with God. We need to be aware of just how great God is, how powerful God is, how wise God is, how holy God is, and walk in light of that. And when I recognize God for who he really is, guess what my response is? I got a deep awe. I got a deep respect. I got a carefulness when I walk around him because I recognize just all of who God is and how powerful he really can be. So it means this, that I walk carefully around God and what he says, by the way, respecting someone, you respect their words and what they say. I walk carefully around God and what he says because I have such a high respect and regard for God. Then when God says this, Fill your mind with truth and don't let anxiety control you. Follow me? Those two are kind of like they're opposites. When anxiety is filling us, truth isn't filling our hearts and minds. And so when God says, fill your mind with truth and don't be full of anxiety, I know that if I don't do that, guess what's going to happen? My mind and my emotions are going to go Boom! You follow me? <laughs> and when God says, you know what? Don't lust. Don't look at porn. Don't desire somebody else's wife. Well, when those temptations start to fill my heart, I know that if I don't carefully and quickly respond to that and trust God with it, my sexuality, my marriage, my kids, and Moraine Valley Church is going to go, boom! How about when God says, forgive? Remember, forgive 70 times 7, or 7 times 70. And that if I don't forgive, and if I hold on to my anger, guess what's going to happen? My relationships and my hearts are going to go, boom! You see, that's what it means to fear God. That's what it looks like in everyday life. I believe God is truth. And what he says, he is going to do. And he's got the power to do what he's going to do. And so guess what? My response to that is I'm going to trust him. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to live a holy life. Because I know if I don't, my life and my marriage, and my ministry, and my relationships are going to go, boom!
boom. See, that's what it means to fear the Lord. It's not running fearfully away from God. It's respecting him and recognizing him for who he is. So I did my best effort to come up with my three Pat Peglow definitions of what it means to fear the Lord. I put them up here in a PowerPoint. I'm gonna say it three different ways because my hope is, is one of the ways I'll connect with you and maybe it'll uh, break a log jam open or something like that. But the fear of the Lord is such a deep respect and awe for God that I trust him, obey him, and avoid evil. Now, let me, let me say something here. Today we had a baptism, it's communion Sunday, and so uh, I wanted to not overuse my time that I have. I, I've got a whole set, if somebody says, Pat, I gotta see this for myself, I looked up, uh, I think every passage in wisdom literature, that's Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, uh, the fear of the Lord, where it shows up over and over again. Looked at other passages. And, and I have a list of verses that show all this. We're not gonna go to all those today, but if you say, I really wanna see those, I'll be glad to send it to you. So just let me know, and I'll get that to you. But the fear of the Lord is such a deep respect and awe for God that I trust him, obey him, and avoid evil. Here's my second definition. It's a high view and value of God that so impacts me that I walk in his ways. It actually changes my life. <laughs> you see, it's the kind of view of God that so deeply impacts my life that I can't help but walk differently because I know who God is. It's like that electricity. Once I experience the power of what that can do, I walk differently around electricity. And once I understand God for who he really is, I can't help but walk differently with God. Let me give you one other verse. Not one other verse, Pat Peglow's verses. Definitions from the PBP edition. It is such a high regard and wonder. And these are the words, by the way, that I kept on finding connected with the fear of the Lord. It's such a high regard and wonder for God's holiness, for God's power, for God's wisdom, for God's majesty, and God's judgment that it causes me to trust and obey him and live a holy life. I think that's the tightest biblical definition I can give to the fear of the Lord when I try to put it all together. You see God in all his holiness. I mean, what happened at Mount Sinai when they saw God in all his holiness? To start, they kind of come up close to the edge to get a good look at it. Wow, this is cool, man. All of a sudden, when God displayed himself with the thunder and the the great darkness and the loudness of his voice, everybody jumped back and said, Moses, we're gonna die. You go take care of this for us. You know, There's an understanding of just how great and how holy God is. When we see his power like Job did and recognizing those last number of uh, chapters in Job and a recognition, you know, he said, before I heard about you with my ears, but now I've seen you with my eyes. I repent. You know, the wisdom of God, the majesty, his judgment. We saw earlier in 1 Peter, what did he say? 
you know, knowing that he impartially judges, walk with fear during earth. Matter of fact, when you look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, what's the verse that follows fearing God and keeping his commandments? Because he's going to judge every act of man. You see, the fact that God is my judge and I'm going to be held accountable for the way I live my life should make me walk with a whole new walk, a new carefulness. Not afraid that Jesus is going to squash me with all that power if I don't obey him, but just because of his holiness and who he is. So let me just give you, I want to give you a key response. I'm going to lead you in a direction you can go further to understand this for yourself, and then we're going to do communion. I think this is the key response for me as I think about this. Key response. You would have thought I thought of this up beforehand, but I didn't. The key response is remember the fear of the Lord is a response to God. So that means this. Trusting God, obeying God, and walking a holy life follows knowing God. It doesn't precede it. Because most of us say, well, I gotta trust God. I gotta obey him, I gotta live a holy life, but we really don't know God. And we're just trying to follow out of exhortations that we've read in the word or things like this, but I really don't know God. You following me? But the more I know God and the deeper relationship I build with him, and I not just know him in my head, but I know him in my heart, and this knowledge is not just an intellectual knowledge, but it's a knowledge where the word of God by the spirit of God has gone through my mind and enters down to the core of my being, that all of a sudden I'm going, whoa, that's God. And when I see God for who he is and how big he really is and how holy he really is and how powerful he really is and how wise he really is and how majestic he really is and that he really is the judge that my life's going to be accountable to, I can't help but change the way I live. So brothers and sisters, this is what it means for me and you. If you want a more holy life, if you want a life that has greater faith, if you want to have a life of greater obedience, make the priority of your life to get to know God. And as I know God, those things will flow out of it in a real spiritual, natural way, rather than like the Pharisees who sought to do all the commandments and Jesus said, you know, you guys are like a bunch of whitewashed tombs. On the outside, you look real good but on the inside, you're full of dead man's bones. When we see God for God, we'll never be the same, and our life changes. So since we're just scratching the surface today, and those who want to see more of the verses that back up what, I, what I've said, uh, please contact me or the office, and we'll get it to you. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Where do you go from here to learn more about the fear of the Lord? Proverbs chapter 2.
We're going to see in here a thing called, I want to explain this at this point, and I'll tell you why in a minute. It's called Hebrew parallelism. Hebrew parallelism, it's, it's, um, it's a means where it does this. The first part of the verse states something. The second verse says the same thing, but uses different words. You follow me? Hebrew parallelism. In other words, it gives us great insight into the meaning of things because now, like that, I just gave you three different ways of saying what the fear of the Lord is. I'm going to give you two ways of saying the same thing, putting it in different words, hoping that one of them will connect and help you better understand. Well, we see Hebrew parallelism happening in these first, uh, this first section of um, Proverbs. Listen, he says this, My son, if you will receive my words... How do I receive his words? Treasuring my commandments within you. If you make your ear attentive to wisdom, well, how do I do that? Well, I set and I incline my heart to understanding. You know what, if I make, you know, I pay attention to it. Well, you know what, I gotta set my heart. I gotta incline my heart to understand this. If I cry for discernment, in other words, if I lift my voice to God for understanding, God, give me understanding, give me discernment. If I seek her as silver, well, how do I do that? Search for her as if it was hidden treasure. Somebody told you, you know what, guys, here's a map, and there's a billion dollars at the end of it. Now, I know that you people at Moraine are too spiritual to go after that, because you guys know that it's the fear of the Lord where life is, not all that money. Your pastor's not that spiritual. He might go check it out, say, I wanna you know, check it out. But here he's saying this, if you seek after God's wisdom and God's words and God's understanding like it's a treasure that was hidden, then look at what happens in verse five. Then you'll discern the fear of the Lord. Hebrew parallelism, and discover the knowledge of God. You know what's going to happen here, guys? When we go into God's word and we're seeking like it's a treasure, I'm setting my heart upon this. I'm inclining my heart. I'm making the goal of my life to seek God's wisdom. I, I'm open to his words in verse one. I'm setting my heart to pursue him. I'm fervent in prayer saying, God, please give me this understanding. I'm seeking after it with all my heart. Then God says, the fear of the Lord, you're gonna discern it. And then Hebrew parallelism and discover what? The knowledge of God. What do we say the fear of the Lord is? Knowing God. The more I know God, the greater fear of the Lord I'm going to experience. Turn to um, Proverbs. You're, you're there. Turn to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. I quoted this earlier. I want you to look at it. It's a few chapters over. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We said that earlier. You wanna be wise, where do I start? How do I get there? Do I go to a certain school? Do I read this book? Do I, no, no. The starting line is the fear of the Lord. 
the fear of the Lord's beginning wisdom. Now here's Hebrew parallelism and what? The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You know, one thing we're going to learn in Proverbs, two things we're going to see as you read that, that wisdom and understanding are often parallel with one another. And I think Proverbs 14 explains that. I think it's verse 32 or 33 that says this, wisdom dwells in the heart of him who has understanding. The more I understand something, the wiser I can be. Wisdom and understanding go hand in hand. But also we note here in this verse, the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of the Holy One once again go hand in hand. And the Hebrew word for knowledge, again, is not the intellectual knowledge, it's the heart knowledge. And so what he's saying here is the fear of the Lord. It's in different words, it's knowing God. It's knowing God intimately in the core of my being as to who he is to such a depth that it impacts the way I live my life. Here's the problem with most of us, and I'm gonna include myself in here. And God spoke to me yesterday as I was preparing this. I think most of us feel satisfied if we have a quiet time. I did my spiritual discipline for today. You know, I, I, I spent 20 minutes with God, and I just, I just read the word, and we, we we're satisfied there. For others, we don't just have a quiet time. We study God's word, and we dig deep, and we want to understand the text. I'm going to tell you, neither one of those is going to get you the fear of the Lord. Here's the third way. I daily meet with God and I study his word so I can know God better. You following me? And many of us are just doing our time because that's what good Christians do. Others are the kind that roll up their sleeves and I'm going to really tear apart the book and I'm going to diagram this and I'm going to look into the grammar and I'm going to, I'm going to look into the Greek and I'm going to get the big idea of the text and I'm going to get everything right and I got it right and so we're saying, man, I got it. And then we're going on to the next paragraph to get that right. But to know the fear of the Lord, we got to come regularly to God in his word and tear God's word apart to discover God and to know God better and to see God. Brothers and sisters, I, I don't, that's what I have for you today. I don't know how to finish this real well, but I know how God spoke to my heart yesterday. And as I'm adjusting my goals for my future, I went back in and changed them yesterday because I had down as one of my goals as I'm, you you guys know the announcement I made last week, so I'm taking a look, what's my next season of life look like? I'm setting up some goals of what they can look like, and one of them uh, for my personal goals is to build my relationship with the Lord And the other one is to keep working on my body because once my body stops working, everything else stops. I went and changed that yesterday because you know what? In my mind, building my relationship with the Lord is keep on having my quiet time daily. Keep getting into his word. That's just what naturally comes to me. But when I changed that yesterday, I said this. I said, my goal is to build my relationship with the Lord 
by studying his word to get to know God and by practicing the spiritual disciplines to help me know him better. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what your goal is when you approach this holy book, but this book was written by God ultimately to get to know God. I may encourage you, if your goals have been off like mine, would you uh, reorient your GPS in your heart and make your goal when you get into this book, yes, do it regularly and do it deeply, do it prayerfully, search for it like it's a treasure, but look to meet God through this book and to get to know him better.